On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. We are sitting in the beautiful new studio at RNCN. This place is legit. It's like on the first floor, big windows overlooking everything. And and, and people just randomly, right, Zach, today walking in, um, you know, like, what's going on here? Just because it looks really cool. Y'all have had several today, right? It's surprising, the walk-in traffic. I know it's something, something people have mentioned because we're right by, like, Starbucks and this entrance, which is great. And it's all glass windows, so you yeah, see like, through. Yeah, like, we, not only will you spot people, as we do this show, yeah, like, watching us through the staircase and seeing trying to figure out what, what we're doing in here but yeah like we people come in and just like what is going on in here and how can i be a part of it it's really cool yeah no i think yeah. it's cool we got zach here with us uh is matt 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 mike matt mike up i'm right here how's man, it going you, matt 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 mike <laughs> like man i can't get that right um we got a good treat for you guys got my buddy chris menard in what's up chris hey guys how's how's it going yeah, we got that little Louisiana Cajun raging here with us. Yeah, I I, uh, I also duly noted on the folks walking down the staircase, <laughs> looking right at me like like I'm a you know some sort of zoo animal. Right. But it's great, you know, I love it. They think you're somebody special. Yeah, just just throw peanuts, folks, right here. <laughs> we'll we got you. we got Chris on the show today. Chris and I go back a uh, uh, probably ten years now. Yeah. Um, we work together. Um, we actually get to work to actually work together for once um, after all these years of actually you know working. Same company, same deal, but but working with each other. So I'm excited to have him in and have some of his pearls of wisdom. Chris is a guy that, you know, when we talk about when we want to get on marriage and kids, this joker's got like a football team of kids. So <laughs> he can really shell out the advice of when it comes to parenting and being yeah. a father. Yeah, we were talking about it before the show. We were doing mic checks. How many kids do you have, Chris? I've got four. Four yeah. kids. Now, Heath has one. Yeah. And I know that's an undertaking. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, how old yeah. are they? Uh, so I've got a 10-year-old son named Gabe, and then it, uh, Olivia, she's eight, and uh, Marielle is uh, five, and then uh, I've got a two-year-old. My wife corrected me last night. I said she was two and a half. She said, no, she's two. So <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you know, when you get four, it's like, you, you know, birthdays come and go, and it's like you just pray that you didn't miss one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Kudos it, on the names. Very yeah. creative. Yeah, just like Brighton. Solid. Yeah, yeah I yeah. dig those. Thank you. Thank uh, you. We got, and he's got some interesting stories with it all, too. It's pretty funny, but... I want to dive into this first headline because I think it's interesting and it's kind of something that uh, it's a what, what we'll take the second shot on is what Chris and I were just kind of getting into at, at lunchtime talking about it. So won't you read that first one off for us, Zach? Yes. The Dow closes down nearly 1,200 points in volatile trading day. On Monday, the Dow Jones Industrial Average plunged 1,175 1, points in an exceptionally volatile day for financial markets around the world, stirring concerns about the durability of long-running stock gains. This was a historic drop. Never dropped this far in a day, ever. Hmm. The downdraft raised fresh anxieties among Americans who've seen their retirement savings and households worth march steadily higher without any gyrations that are part of a normal market cycle. Lots of big words in here. 
Yeah. Although the declines were eye-catching, market observers have been anticipating a correction after a year of big gains in the Dow. Uh, and this was a crowd psychology at best, said Daniel Weiner, chief executive advisor investments. Investors had the weekend to worry about what happened Friday. They sold on Monday. It's normal, everyday stock market volatility, and it's healthy. A lot of people didn't feel that way on Monday. <laughs> yeah. But looking back, everybody feels like, you know, things uh, things kind of panned out. What do you think? You know, I, when I think about it, I go... This is part of life, right? The Dow, the, the stocks go up and down. And, and there's a lot of people that probably had really started heavily investing even more than they ever had. Sure. And so that happens and they're, you know, it's like that overreaction Monday, you know, that overreaction, overexaggeration, just freaking out. The world's coming to an end and they put more money than it go. You know, the stock market goes up and down, people, you know, yep. and, and the way I took it when we were kind of talking about a while ago was life goes up and down. Sure. When you're in a heck of a mess. You know, you just got to get that out. And, and I love the example you gave a while ago when you were talking, you were helping somebody through through some crisis stuff. I want you to kind of tell a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, Heath and I were talking uh, just over lunch. And, you know, one of the things that I think when when life does happen, I don't care if it's the stock market or, you know, God forbid your your kid's sick or, you know, marital issues, problems, things like that. Business it's like, fall apart. Yeah, business is not Lose working. Your job. Oh, you know, we deal with people in, in those spaces all the time. And Heath and I, I think what prompted that conversation was we were saying, hey, you know, part of our job title should be counselor, you know, financial coach, marriage coach. Yeah. Because we deal with a lot of people uh, that are dealing with life. You know, it's just part of it. And so if you're kind of in working with folks that experience defeat, struggle, failure, uh, life just happened to them. It's like, how do you, how do you help them? You know, yeah. how, do, how do you, how well, do you, and what if you're listening right now and you're the one that, that's in that, you know, you feel like life is just crashing down on you sure. rather than the Dow's plunging or, or, or your life is crashing, you know, um, yep. uh, what was it that you talked to yeah, with the guy that was, yeah. So, you know, I worked with a guy, love, love this guy. I'll give a shout out to him, Don Johnston. Uh, he's, he's, uh, Don's just a wonderful fella, does a lot of counseling just outside of his job and, you know, he always said, hey, you know, when, when, when things are happening, when, when life happens and you don't know what to do next, which is kind of where we get ourselves into, we, we kind of start listening. Get worried. To, we, let it yeah. all, we let our uh, mind overrun yeah, us. The, the, the narrative that we tell ourselves is what really, I think, brings us down into that, to that low point. And so, you know, if the stock market's crashing, you're going, oh, my gosh, what do I do with my money? Uh, I gotta I'm going to lose it all. I got to call my financial advisor. Should I sell the house? Oh my, you know, yeah. what's next? And, and so, you know, one of the advices that, that, you know, Don really helped me with, you know, in my own personal situations was, Hey, you don't have to figure out how to get your way out of this. In fact, the only thing I need you to do is just, just do the next right thing. And, and so I think when, when I, I try to implement that and I was given an example that, that, that we talked about, which is, Hey, you know, people struggling, Hey, just take a deep breath. Go get a glass of water and, and, and then sit down on the couch. And, and then, then call me. And then so call hang me. up from me. Just go get a glass of water. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Sit back on the couch and call me right back. And they're probably looking at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Then they call you back and it's like, how do you feel? How'd that feel? Right. It's just one right thing. That, that that's Honestly, that's what I love. I, and I love the glass of water analogy because I think that helps really push through the how simple it really can be. And right. that and that people don't. They over, what, what they do is their mind overruns them of all the mistakes they've made to be in this spot, you know? And and what can you do to change that? Yeah. Just, Nothing. Just do the next right thing. Yeah, you can't you can't change what what got you in that position. And it's like, you know, to climb the tallest mountain in the world is weeks to climb it one base camp after another. Whether you're going through a situation where you're you're taking over a business or a role and it's all a mess, you can't look at the mess. You got to look at that one right thing in front of you, right? That one base camp, yep. that one step 
And and I think that's what's key is I love the analogy like it's kind of one of those things that getting a glass of water to me is kind of what helps really anchor in how simple it really is. But yet we let our minds overrun us. And then the symbolism of that, that water putting out that fire inside of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it just that, that puts the water down to, to calm it down, take one step. And, and so, you know, if you're going through hell right now and you feel like it's crashing in on you, take a deep breath, go get a glass of water, sit down, take another deep breath. And look at it. What is that one right thing I can do? I've screwed up with my wife. I've screwed up with my business. I've screwed up with anybody, my partner, you name it. What can you do that one right thing? One right thing. So we'll be back in just a minute with the the second segment of Second Shot. He's a suit and tie kind of guy with deep southern roots. Keith Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. You guys have been listening to Second Shot and hearing us talk about it. You need to go pick up my book, Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. You can get it on Amazon in a paper book. You can also hear this beautiful voice of mine in audiobook style on Audible or anywhere you're going to get your audiobooks. Guys, this book took a lot of time to put into it, and I believe it can really be some life-changing stuff to help you on your path to success. And hopefully you're going to fail your way to success just like I did. Ignorance on Fire, A Journey of Felling Your Way to Success. Amazon.com, Audible.com, audiobooks, paper books, everything. Get it, share it with your people and i appreciate it thank you guys go pick it up today ready aim fire second shot is back for another round on rncn so this one's gonna be kind of fun and we got the redneck in the in, in the cage in the raging cage in here <laughs> with a story that really hits home with us and yet what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna have to to express my immediate redneck that comes out about this story but then i'm gonna have to try to regain my emotional part of me to talk more about what really kind of should happen and take away from it. But go ahead and re- read this one off, Zach. Uh, father lunges at Larry Nassar in court before being restrained. Nasser, I said it wrong. I knew I was yeah. going to. Larry Nasser in court before being restrained. The father of three daughters who were abused by Larry Nasser tried to attack the former doctor in an Eaton County, Michigan courtroom Friday before he was tackled and detained by security. So this is the Olympic doctor that, that, that has, um, you know, did a lot of sexual things to Olympic girls throughout the years and stuff. And so this father sitting there and, and I guess he kind of looked at him a little wrong and he lunged out of the court to try to go after him. My only problem with this is he was too slow and didn't get the punch in. Yeah. I was going to say the worst part about what, what Zach just read was that he was actually tackled and detained. Um, yes. You know, like he didn't, didn't get his lick in. Yeah. yeah I'd have got my lick in. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'd have been a lot more lasered in on getting my lick in. Yeah. I can promise you. Yeah. Um, now, as fathers here that combined, we there's four daughters. You know, I got a daughter. You got three of them. Um, this really hits at home. Absolutely, absolutely. It, would you not be the one lunging out here? Oh my gosh! In a in a skinny minute, I would. You know, skinny minute. It would be one of those like like bring the guy within an inch of his life, um, and then and then gladly. You know, if the if the if the if the punishment for the crime was you know spend three or four nights in jail. I promise you those three or four nights would be like nothing but high fives from people like, oh, you got him, man. You got him. You, you know, congratulations. So it, it would be, it would be, you know, whatever the punishment was, it would be well worth it. Obviously, yeah, it hits quite close to home with, you know, having three daughters that I love so dearly. Um, couldn't imagine something like this happening. So no, no, no doubt. My, my second take on it is my, my initial emotional reaction is obviously I would want to really hurt this guy. Yeah. Um, but then I go to trying to think what actually is is, is getting the emotional out because you got to get emotional removed at times and go, you know, 
Um, revenge, anger, pinting up anger, pinting up revenge, that does nothing but really hurt you. Like, it's like what we talked about last time, right? Like, that father can sit there, cannot wear, bury, you know, carry that burden of that because all he's going to do is further ruin him and his daughter's relationships and everything. Like, you've got to let things go. You have to do that one, you know, we got done talking about that one right thing. And it's very difficult um, to say that I could be a better man and not do it because I wouldn't, I probably would, would not stand strong there. But talking about more and everything else is, you know, holding your anger back, holding that revenge back. Um, and, and when you have pent up anger and you want to be angry at stuff, all you really do is hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think about, you know, just thinking about the, you know, if, if my daughter, you know, God forbid would that, you know, that would happen. But, uh, you know, I think when, when kids especially are experience that type of trauma, um, I think ultimately what they're trying to do is, is, is get that feeling of shame, that feeling of guilt, that feeling of frustration. And they're trying to like, get that onto someone else and, and, and get that away from them. And so I think a lot of times if, if, you know, I wonder if, if, you know, by that guy kind of reacting with anger and kind of having a visible display of like frustration and anger to the point where he's going to go after this guy in the courtroom. I'm wondering if that doesn't almost, almost cause more harm than good in the, in the end. You know, what I'm thinking is, well, and, is and thinking about it in everyday life of it too. Like if, if somebody does you wrong in business, you know, um, somebody lies to you, somebody, uh, your wife cheats on you, right? Or any of those things, and you get this anger, and you let that anger go. You the 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 odds of you making it worse are much greater than you making it better by letting your anger go. But but how do you hold that anger? Like, yeah. what do you do to stop yourself from that? Because I don't care who you are, having pent up anger and having a lot of anger towards somebody, whether it's your spouse or any of that, you got to look at the bigger picture and realize what what is. What's going to be, you know, and if you want to be selfish with it to help yourself feel better, go, what's the best thing for me? You holding up anger is not. No. All that will do is make you worse, right? It would make it worse for you, but then also make it worse for perhaps the child or someone that's actually going through that situation. And I think of the, the, the worst case scenario would be like if you were coming to me with a problem and all I did was say, yeah, you know what, Heath, you're, go you're get right. Em. You go get them. You should be mad. You should. That's, that's, that doesn't diffuse the situation that you're in in that moment. So I think, you know, in, in, in a sense, like while I, I would stand behind that guy any day of the week and I would, you know, I would gladly go to, to battle with that guy and, and do whatever he needed to do to, to to seek revenge. I think at the end, the, probably the best medicine for perhaps his daughter would be for, for dad to just go, you know what? I hear you. I understand how you feel that way. I, I get it. And just sort of in a way diffuse that situation to a point where it's not a thing anymore. And, and you know, that's hard to do because ultimately you're going to be wearing the weight of, of that frustration and all the, you know, the shame and the guilt and all those things that his daughter's perhaps feeling right now. But, you know, I think you're right. It's like, you know, how, how, how big of a bear do you want to let that be in yeah. your house and, and, and in your and life? That, and even outside of that, just in general, I mean, you're, how long have you and Lori been married? Uh, 13 years. 13 years with four kids. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I've been doing in the business that we do longer than what Chris has, Chris has been in it. And, and so I've always helped at times with Chris in this business, but yet I look to Chris, I look up to Chris as a father and a husband in a massive way, um, just because of how it is. I mean, there's times at 13 years that you've had to have some massive anger towards your wife or anything, and vice versa. And how do, how do we help maybe some of our listeners that maybe have those spouses or whatever that they're just got pent up anger? Like like does pent, being angry doesn't help? Sure. Yeah, you know, 
I think I think pride and selfishness is is probably the the fall of of man in general. Yeah. Um, you know, you could probably root every bad decision man makes in 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 the in the eyes of those those two uh, things. But you know, really, uh, it, you know, I, would I think, you would you say extreme ownership helps? Because like yeah. we were just talking about, we saw. I just finished, I got done with the Extreme Ownership book by Jocko Willick, which is phenomenal. I'm telling you, it's a good read. Everybody needs to do it. Um, and this young lady was reading it out there, and I told her, I was like, yeah, it was a great book. And and we talked about in there is that the extreme ownership aspect. And I, you know, learning as as a spouse and stuff that instead of that anger that, that protects you, like like you, if you're sitting there and you're angry for a week, you got to remember the other people are probably not. So it's not ruining their life. You're running, that anger is running your life. Yeah. You have to take extreme ownership, own up to whatever the issue is, and in order for that to be moved on, and you can't let the anger overtake you. Yep. Have yep. you ever let anger overtake you? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and and you know, and sometimes feeling extremely justified in the moment. Yeah. And then yeah. again, that 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 moment, we go back to that. Just do the next right thing. Drink a glass of water. Cool off. Sit down on the couch. Let your worries be few. You know. So I, you know, I've got a. I think I, I think I have to be my own coach in sometimes of those moments because you know things don't bother my wife perhaps as much as it might bother me. But boy, I want to get the point across, you know, and, and and you know seek revenge and and vengeance if you would. So, but it's yeah. also not a good thing to show your kids, right? Because going after revenge and 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 vengeance and seeking that, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith and you are as well. Yep. That God talks about that's not that's not He doesn't want that to happen. That's right. Um, yep. and, and no matter what your faith is, seeking that revenge and going after that vengeance, that can take on your whole life and your yep. personality. And then you become that person people don't want to be around. Sure. And you go, okay, so is it easier? You know, if you look at it selfishly and go, do I want to live a happy life or not? So you go, well, that person did me wrong. It's the principle. Well, you're the one angry. That's yep. running your life. So do you really want to be yep. an angry person? That's exactly right. You know, or do you want to be a good role model for your family and your kids and to everybody else that you're somebody that can have restraint and and handle things the right way and not overtake your life and take do that one right thing as we said yep. right do the next right thing all right so we're gonna be back but I would have to say I'd have got a shot in I oh, promise yeah. you as much as I want to <laughs> like it there would be a tough sure. it would be a tough one I'm not gonna lie so we'll be back here in a minute for the third segment of second shot now that's what I call ignorance on fire more of second shot with Keith Oaks still to come. Hear ye, hear ye. Great news for all of you guys. Colonial Life is hiring some salespeople from all over the country. No matter where you are in the United States of America, if you're looking for a sales career, if you want to just learn more about what Colonial Life does, send an email to mbeltran at coloniallife.com. M-B-E-L-T-R-A-N at coloniallife.com. We'll get you set up with the right people you need to talk to and see if maybe if you're going to win that job. If you're in the Metroplex area, great. If you're in St. Louis, great. We're going to have office there for you. M-B-E-L-T-R-A-N at ColonialLife.com and change your career today. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. So we were just having a lot of good, uh, really uh, father and, and daughter talk after after that about what we would do to somebody. So, you know, I, I think I can let this anger go that I was getting worked up for the guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. man. Yeah. We, yeah. I just got done kissing my little baby girl right before we got here, so mm-hmm. I can't imagine. But yep. um, I do want to give a shout-out here to um, um, Alex Ariola. She posted uh, um, on my wife's Facebook page, which was cool. She posted uh, on her Facebook page and, and said uh, took a snapshot of our logo and, and on iTunes said, such a good feeling, all caught up. 
fellow followers of Jenny, I encourage you to go listen to the Second Shot podcast. Heath is so motivating that I listened while I was doing cardio at the gym. Do yourself a favor and subscribe. Go get it now. Run. So she was saying, go get it now. Run, because I do it on that ad. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. funny. Now, it's Alex, go. Yeah. thank you so much for sharing, and thank you for being a listener. We really appreciate it, and those awesome, nice words of you, and it's much appreciated. I'm just impressed that you're part of someone's workout routine, Heath. Yeah, I know, because I'm furthest from working out. <laughs> right. I met my wife at the gym, and I just said, nah, I'm done. Got that was mine. the first time. Yeah. yeah. Done but I want, I want to use the rest of this one to kind of let the view, the listeners, you know, get to know you a little bit better, Chris. Kind of give them a snapshot rundown of who you are um, and why, why we thought it was important to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I am Chris Menard from the thriving metropolis of Lafayette, Louisiana. Yep. Uh, it's Mardi Gras season down there, so <laughs> you guys need to get down there. Um, mm. But uh, I've, uh, I met Heath, I guess, back in 2007. Um I was a I was a starving entrepreneur, and, and Heath offered me a bottle of water and some cookies in his office, and <laughs> he had a hard time getting rid of me like a stray dog, you know. But uh, anyway, I um, I was selling advertising, and uh, you this know, is funny, yeah, Zach. Walked You're gonna, in, yeah. walked in, and you know, there's this you know business right there in White House, Texas, and said Oaks Insurance Agency, and here I am just trying to get in a door, and so I walk in and I said, hey, I'm looking for Mr. Oaks, and Here's this like 16 year old looking guy, you know, dress sharp, cool hair, you know, walks up and he's and I'm like, hey, I'm looking for Mr. Oaks. He goes, yeah, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, probably your dad, your dad here. And he's (laughs) like, no, uh, that's me. Oaks Insurance. I'm Heath Oaks. And I said, well, okay, You know, so uh, so we sat down and. I think we had probably a two-hour conversation. Probably. I was late. And I bought home. a stupid ad. We bought a stupid, <laughs> a stupid it was, ad. It worked. worked. Who, who was buying ads in 2007? Yeah, so he started this magazine company in 2007. Do we need to know what happened yeah. at the end of 2007 and 2008? Yeah. yeah. Needless to yeah. say, that magazine company didn't yeah. get off. Think about what you learned, Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's payment to, to that magazine was like bought him a friendship. <laughs> That's about all it got him. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, That's about it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so Heath and I have been friends ever since, and uh, – you know, I've always, he's always been a guy that, you know, just number one, he was a young guy that had a lot of hustle and just somebody that I was inspired by. But um, our story goes on. He, he, he reached out to me and, and, you know, I was working we a We kept gig. in touch Facebook yeah, early. somewhat. Because and, and, you, you know, dropped the magazine ad and went to yeah, work. Went to work, got another job, you know. So, uh, so Heath called me out of the blue and said, hey, man, I've been thinking about you. I want you to come and talk with me. I'm in Dallas now. And so I came and, you know, took him on that opportunity. And, and then here we are. Um, I've this, you know, just knowing Heath has been a wonderful endeavor for me, but, uh, it's taken me all over the country. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, certainly the best years of my life have been, you know, since knowing Heath and just being, a, um, I guess someone that he cared enough about to, to reach out to. And so it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. I've been, uh, four years or actually 10 years. We lived in Shreveport, Louisiana and, uh, started an agency there with, with Heath and, uh, certainly under his guidance and leadership, went on to uh, get an opportunity to move to Louisville, Kentucky, where I was there for the last three and a half years having a ball. Um, really, what a wonderful place to live. If you guys ever get a chance to visit, it's just phenomenal. All the horse racing and bourbon you'd ever want. But um, <laughs> See, that's a good in time. Bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, horse, horse, yeah her, there was a guy one time. Let me write that down. There, there was a guy one time said that there's more bourbon aging in Kentucky than there are people and horses combined. So <laughs> that's awesome. it t- tells you where the priorities stand for that state. Yeah. But, uh, but it's a beautiful Beautiful place, beautiful people, and then uh, so I've just been back back in Louisiana for uh, about a month and a half now. So still living out of a out of a suitcase and a shoebox in the back of my truck. So uh, so so Heath has actually given me a place to stay tonight. He doesn't know that <laughs> yeah. yet. All but, right, uh, all right. Well, yeah, it's, so it it, so it's all, so it was two years after um, the initial him walking in to sell me a magazine ad, and and we hit it off right away. And 
so then we just kind of stayed in touch on Facebook. A couple years later, I mean, I, every now and then I try to sell a little slot trying to get him to come to insurance. But Chris was making, you know, several, six, high six figures, and but gone all the time. And so what what I saw on Facebook one day was, you know, I know Chris. Chris is one of Chris is one of those people that you want to surround yourself with. That it's actually a good guy, a good husband, a good father. Like that's it's a you know really positive influence to have on your life and and so when i saw that he had his second child and he just posted that he's getting back because he left on mondays came back friday basically on airplanes yeah and i said this is the right time because i know chris chris is chris is you know the money's good but he's missing this and so i reached out to him on facebook and he's like i'm stopping in dallas on our way back in i'm gonna talk to you and then perfect uh, he quit every quit his high six-figure job to go scratch with no income to start an insurance agency which he'd never done insurance in his life and right yeah. and started from scratch in shreveport with no money and and yep. uh got rolling then within just a couple of years was his state manager um running kentucky and then louisiana came back open so he got a chance to move back home to take over his home state and yep. so he's been super successful since then but it all started with a magazine ad. That's yeah. one of the beautiful things about your business. I think if you're willing to take that first plunge, already it says so much about who you are yep. as a person and whether yep. or not you'll be successful. That's I mean, it. Right there. Yeah. If you can if you can just take that first step, yep. you're already on your way. And we, we don't even care if you know how to swim. Just jump in the pool. You yeah. Know? Like <laughs> yeah. The, the water's cold. We're in the deep end. It's like, fine. That, that's, where, that's where we make success happen. Well, and the yeah. most important part of this business of whether or not people are going to be successful or not, Zach, I can tell you this. This is how I can tell you every time. It's if you are really, truly done with the mundane. Like, you you have to be at that point. So the reason some people go, why did it take you two years with, with Chris before I ever sure? I never even actually said, why don't you come sell insurance until that one time? It was because I knew he wasn't ready. He just got out of that magazine deal. He had his young family going. And it was until that time that, you know, Chris jumped back into the corporate deal, making good money, and then realizing what was happening, that it was going to be at that time that, taking that leap and taking that step back was worth it because missing the family, yep, you know? Yeah, sure. That's exactly what happened. And yeah, yeah I, I know you're looking out for your family, but man, it's got to be tough to make a decision like that with a family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like you're a young single guy. It's like yeah. you got, you know, you got some things you got to take care of. Yeah, fortunately. And you had a failure not too far yeah. before that with the business. Your wife probably wasn't too keen exactly. again yeah, with another one. Yeah. Yeah. You were probably when, just getting back on top. Yeah, fortunately, <laughs> when you sign up with Colonial Life, we give you like a, a four, three-month supply of ramen. So yeah. like it, it, we at least got you covered yeah. for a few. No, Perfect. We, uh, no, it was just really believing in the people that I surrounded myself with, believing in Heath's story. And, and you know, that's, that's one of the things I love about Heath is he's always so vulnerable to, to tell it like it really is. Like he's not a – he looks the, looks the part, dresses the part, but man, you know, I know this guy. At the, but you the saw heart. me ten years ago. Yeah, I know the I know the heart of this guy, and and I know his family. I know where he comes from, and you know that there is no fluff in, the, in in who he is, and and then the fact that he just you know there's all kinds of people that need his time, but you know I've never never ever felt like I was an inconvenience when I was calling him with you know 150 questions, and I always or had setting it the circle drive. Uh, yeah, that's a good story to kind of tell. I think I had a little cold to stick him with it. Yeah, I had a little cul de sac in the end of my neighborhood, and. Uh, uh, you know, it was a fairly new neighborhood. So, you know, back there I could like drive around in circles and no one would think I'm like weird, you know? And so, uh, so I would always get home and, or get to the neighborhood and my wife was, you know, I didn't want to go in and just tell her about my frustration. So I would call Heath and starting would, a business from nothing is yeah, tough. Oh, I, sure. I would, I would make about 30 loops around this cul-de-sac and sit there for a minute <laughs> and Heath would draw me off the ledge and get me back in the right frame of mind. And I'd walk in and tell my wife I had a wonderful day. And the only good part about my day was really that I got to speak with Heath, you know? So, right. uh, but, uh, but man, you know, glad to be here. Uh, you know, I, I consider Heath a friend, such a mentor and inspiration. And, um, 
you know, he's a guy that's just reached beyond himself and brought so many people along the journey with him. And so um, I think Heath's legacy speaks for itself. And, and I'm just uh, glad to be in his company. Really. I'll, pay, I'll pay you that hundred afterwards. Yeah. Man. I, one thing I want you to leave <laughs> just, before, just before we before we wrap up here. One thing I'd like to, you to kind of do is is in a, in a quick way is that is somebody that had a young family who was making really good money. We're not talking about you know we're talking about a hundred and something thousand dollars a year. Um, and making a choice to go from that to chase something else because of that. If people are sitting in positions where they're doing something where they feel in the mundane, they're not really fulfilled, There's maybe it's not the family life balance or whatever, what does it take to muster up to take that leap? What could you give somebody if they're sitting there on that edge, not happy where you were, how do you take a leap into something? Yeah, man, you know, there's, there's so many things I could look back and say it was this or it was that, but two things really, have a good mentor. You know, have someone that you trust that is doing it, that is showing you the example of what you need to do. Have someone that's really gone before you. Um, and, and, you know, there are some things where, you know, no one's ever done it before. I'd, I'd say that's, you know, that's, that's even more scary. But, you know, the, the, if you're married, you know, number, number two, you, you probably need to have a good support system at home. Um, I would have never done this if my wife, Lori, uh, had not been in my corner and been so supportive of everything that I was doing. And so, because ultimately, if, if when I came home and I was frustrated and tired and, and feeling like I needed to quit, if she'd have said, yeah, you know what? You probably should. Yeah. I'd have, gladly, would have. Oh, I'd have gladly taken that as an opportunity to, to see my way out. But my wife was so committed to helping me stay the, stay the course. Um, so that, that was one of them. Um, the next thing is just not being afraid to get uncomfortable Heath. I think so many people live in this world where everything just has to be so comfortable for them. And, and, you know, we have air conditioning in in our house and we have all this security around us and we have, you know, insurance and all. So we, we, we like a, we like a safe life. Right. And and I'm no different than that. I'm not, you know, I'm not immune to the safety and security that I want to feel in life, but man, really, I I think that's the piece. I, I have this analogy and I share it all the time is Success happens when you're willing to jump into the deep end of the pool, not knowing how to swim on the coldest day of the year. Yep. And if and if you would say yes to that every single time in your head, in your mind, with your actions, then man, you know the sky's the limit. Let's let's get it done. You and, know. And as we, you know, failing your way to success in my book, you know, you had one of those you leaped off into and it didn't work, and then your second one you didn't get. So don't don't be scared that if you jump off and it does, one of them doesn't work, that you can't come back and try something else another couple of years later. Chris is a living example of that in that. He's also, you know, wasn't just, you know, it's easy for me being 19 years old with nothing else where he was married with two kids and, and everything else sleeps. So I, I appreciate you coming on today. You're going to be on the next episode, I think, as well. So we're going to get to hear Chris again. Where, where can everybody find you at? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, C-E, at C.E. Menard. Um, love to connect with folks. And then, uh, of course, LinkedIn, Chris Menard. And uh, email address C-M-E-N-A-R-D at ColonialLife.com. All right, guys, this is, uh, and you know where to find me at Ignorance on Fire or at Heath Oaks. Um, But thank you guys for listening. We're going to wrap this one up for another episode of Second Shot.